King David was talking about the goodness of God and that when his enemies were out to destroy him, that God delivered him out of the hand of his enemies. And he went on to say that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumble and fail. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. He shall hide me in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall set me upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies around about me. And I will offer sacrifices of joy. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Isn't the word of God awesome? See, I learned a long time ago, an old pastor told me, he said, if you start off with the word of God, everything else will go all right. And that's what I believe. Amen. Giving honor to God, to, to Pastor John and to Pam and to the Beacon Light family and to all of Gethsemane members that are here today and to all of our supporters that are online on our faith and our Facebook friends that are watching us on live stream. We give honor to God for you, you, and you this morning. Amen. I, I truly thank God for for being here, and it's it's an honor. Now, Beacon Light, I tried. You know, Pastor John told me, he said, Curtis, when you get up there, we don't shout, Amen. We don't we don't throw nothing at you. You don't you don't have to worry. And he said he said you can do what you want to do. So I said, Well, I'm when I go there, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay quiet a little bit, and I'm not. But 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 when you start praising God. And you're used to praising. You can't stay quiet. Amen. I, I had to get up. I had to move. But let me tell you what I learned. I looked around. Now, Beacon Light, y'all was saying amen. And y'all was, y'all was hollering out too now. So in, in saying all of that, I'm believing that I'm in the right place this morning. And I'm believing that when I preach, and, and if I preach the word of God, I believe you're going to say amen. Amen. But we, we we thank God for for everyone that is here today. I I don't want to try to stay and and prolong this and uh, have a long sermon. I've uh, got a brief word, but uh, Pastor John and I uh, just very quickly uh, we became, became friends over a year ago, probably right at the beginning of the pandemic, somewhere in there. And and the first time we met. Uh, you know, it was just to say hi, and my name is Curtis, and my name is John, and then we was going to introduce ourselves and, and leave each other. But we sat and we talked for an hour and a half, and I, I said, we just got to stop. 
And since then, on every month, uh, on, on Friday, once a month, on Friday morning, we'll have breakfast. Uh, they know us at the restaurant. They know what we eat and, and, and all of that. But I just thank God for this type of fellowship. You know, some people say that the, the pandemic was something bad. But when I look back over everything that came out of it, what was good, and especially this relationship. Amen? I know the question, is there a word from the Lord? And, and there is a word from the Lord. If you've got your Bibles with you, if you would turn to Matthew, the 22nd chapter, and I'm going to read verses 34 through 40. And I know you, you guys don't stand up, but those from Gethsemane, if you would stand for the reason, be led by the Spirit. Amen? Matthew, the 22nd chapter, verses 34 through 40. And the Word of God reads, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. If you would bear with me, I just simply want to say to someone, love your neighbor as yourself. Right where we're standing, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. We thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing that's in this house and that's on these lips of clay. Lord, I ask that you bless me, that I speak this word with excellence, accuracy, and boldness. Lord, asking that you think through my mind, speak through my lips, and this word will come forth unhindered, unchecked by any outside force, and we give you all the praise. Call it done and fully expecting signs, wonders, and miracles, confirming the word in Jesus' name we ask. Amen, amen, and amen. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, one of the things that we've done at Gethsemane over the uh, last month, uh, uh, six, last five or six weeks, we talked about love. But not only just talking about love, we talked about that you have to love like you've never been hurt. And for some people, that is very difficult to do because people are finding some reason always to offend us. And I'll start off by saying this. You know where our biggest hurt comes from? It comes from those that are closest to us. It's, it's the ones that, that you're married to. It's the ones that you live in the house with. It's your relatives. It's not the average person on the street. Our biggest hurt comes from the ones that are closest to us. And, and God said we've got to learn to love uh, uh, love each other the way we love ourselves. The things that we talked about at Gethsemane over the last few months, one, we talked about when Jesus washed his disciples' feet. 
the, the Bible said that when he got up from washing his feet, he said, you call me master and you call me Lord and you call me teacher. And he said, if I wash your feet, then you should be able to wash one another's feet. We talked about, <clears throat> we talked about uh, love, that if you don't have love, you, you, you have nothing. And that came out of uh, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And it's where the Apostle Paul tells us that without love, that, that we're nothing. And then, again, a couple weeks ago, we went, came from this same text, and we talked about the greatest commandment that God has given us, and that is that we love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the second is likened to it that you love your neighbor as yourself. This morning, I want to talk about loving your neighbor. And, and loving your neighbor as yourself is found in the Bible eight times, uh, not once, not twice, uh, but eight times. And loving your neighbor as yourself is so important that God repeats himself. But, but not only does he repeat himself, he makes it a commandment. And, and, and not only does he make it a commandment, he doesn't throw it in that list of all the commandments that thou shall not do this, thou shall. No, he puts it way up top. As a matter of fact, when Jesus talks about it, he, he says the greatest commandment is that you love God with all your mind and with all your heart. But he said the second one or the next command is just like the first, that you love your neighbors as yourself. And, and, and here's the thing, y'all. Loving our neighbors as yourself, it's not easy. But that's why God made it a command. And making it a command, it actually benefits us. Uh, and somebody will say, Reverend, how is that? It benefits us in the sense that you have to do it on purpose. You have to be intentional about it. See, when you start doing something on purpose, what God told you, you start talking to yourself. And you say, Lord, I, I know. I, I know that person didn't do me right. I, I know my husband should have said this. I know my wife. But, but Lord, you said that, that I have to love them. And I can't, I can't hold stuff in my heart. I can't, but I have to look. Because, Lord, I, I, what you're telling me is that if I love them the way you want me to love them, then you'll bless me the way I want you to bless me, Lord. Loving in your neighbor means, y'all, that you have to receive God's love. See, uh, to begin with, uh, love your neighbor as yourself, you need to know two things. You need to know what love is, and you need to know that you are love. The, the Bible tells us herein is love, that uh, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we are to love one another. Y'all, we got to love. The, the, you are the object. Of God's love. God loves you. N not just loves you in a general kind of way, but it's that deep love, that unconditional love. And see, when you tap into that, that God kind of love, then you, and you understand that God loved you first. 
See, then the source, God is our source. Then he puts something in you where you can love your neighbor. You can love somebody else. God, God is our source for all love because we can give this love. Uh, Before we can give this love, we have to receive this love. You can't give what you don't have. And and I told Gethsemane this a few weeks ago, y'all is that I clearly understand it's not easy. When you start talking about loving somebody, I I can look on your faces right now that you got a person in mind that you're thinking of, and you say, Reverend, you up there preaching? But that, I I, I just can't, you you can visualize them right now. And so what I'm telling you, I know it's not easy. I've dealt with it myself. See, I've dealt with the temptation of not forgiving people because of something they've done for us. But see, what you've got to understand, it's not you. It's the God that's within somebody said it. See, more than anything, as as Christians and children of God, we got to love each other. That that here in in the the primary problem, y'all, is in the church that we don't love each other. Something that the Lord showed me this morning, I was going over my sermon, and I didn't see it. I just didn't see it until this morning. In the the love chapter of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, if you go back to the 12th chapter, it talks about the reason the Apostle Paul wrote the letter. And what he was saying to them is that you don't have love in the church the way that I want you to love each other. Well, what he said was, he said, now concerning spiritual gifts, my brethren, I will not have you ignorant. Now there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same spirit. See, what he was telling them is that you're doing everything else in the church, but you don't love each other. And not only that, and here's what I learned, because I didn't catch it. He says, whatever you do in the church, you got to do it with the right spirit. Sometimes we miss that. See, there's a lot of people that work, they sing, they do. But if you don't do it with the right spirit, come on now. See, see, and then in in that 12th chapter around the 8th verse, that's when the Apostle Paul says, uh, for one is given the spirit, the word of wisdom. And another, the word of knowledge. He said, but it's the same spirit. Now, to another, he gave faith. And to another, he gave the, the gift of healing. But it's the same spirit. It's the way that you do it. To another, the workings of miracles and, to, and prophecy. And another, discerning of spirits. Diverse kinds of tongues and other interpretations. But, but it's the same spirit that you've got to do it. I was thinking when I was reading that in all the gifts that God has given us, he's given us the gift of love, y'all. The, the way you can love people. Love wins all the time, y'all. As believers, we are called to live differently. Not uh, We do not love the way the world loves. The world loves conditionally, y'all. Only when their expectations are met or they feel good, then they love the way God wants us to love. That there are two subjects in the Bible that God uh, believes, uh, that God thinks enough that it's important that he gave a whole chapter to it. One is faith, 
Hebrews 11, the 11th chapter, and the other one is love, 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. See, God feels that love and faith are so important. It's, it's the foundational truth of our life. And in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the 13th verse, it says, Now abide it, faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. When we, when we get into our scripture this morning, I read verses uh, 20, uh, chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. But to really understand it, when you go back to find out why Jesus was answering the question of what is the greatest commandment of all. The Bible talks about that uh, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were out to trap Jesus. And what they had, they, they said is that, what we have to do, we got to trap him in his words. We got to get him by something that he says. So they went to him, and the Bible says that they didn't just attack him outright, but they said, Master, we know that thou art true, and a, and a teacher of the way of God is true. Neither careth thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. They said, Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to give tributes? unto Caesar or not. And Jesus perceived that of their wickedness, he said, why tempt me, uh, you hypocrites? See, what they were, they were trying to trap him. He, he couldn't give a yes or no answer because if he would have said, uh, uh, you're right, yeah, we, we shouldn't, uh, we, we should pay uh, taxes. Yeah, we should pay taxes. Then they said, wait a minute, he, he's not for God. He's saying, serve Caesar. But then if he would have said, well, no, don't, uh, if he would have said, well, uh, uh, serve God and, and don't, don't pay taxes, then they would have said, no, wait a minute, we're going to turn him over to the Roman government. They put Jesus in a no-win situation. But I like what Jesus did. The Bible said that Jesus said, show me the money. And they brought him a penny. And he says, whose image or whose subscription is on this? And they said, Caesar. He said, well, render unto Caesar what is Caesar and unto God what is God. And, and, and you got to picture this, that they've got Jesus. And it doesn't really describe if, he, if he's sitting or they're all around him. But then another one comes up. And, 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 and the way the Bible says it, that same day, one of the Sadducees came up. And he said, Master, uh, Moses said, if a man die and have no children, that his brother shall marry his wife and raise up a seed. He, he said, uh, now, uh, the question is about resurrection. What, what happens in the resurrection? He said, now, uh, there were seven brothers. And the first, when he was married, he's deceased and having no issue. Uh, left his wife to his brother, and likewise the second, also in the third, and he got down to the seventh. And then he said, and then the woman died. He said, now in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be? Jesus said, hmm. He looked at him and said, because you are in error. He said, you, you don't know the scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. He, he said in, in, uh, in the resurrection, there shall neither be marriage nor given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. By as touching the resurrection of the dead, ye have not read that which the spoken of the God. God said in 
Deuteronomy, correction, Exodus, the third chapter, he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God uh, is a, not a God of the dead, uh, but of the living. See, the way God sees us, y'all, when, when we leave here, we're still living. We're going to e- eternal life. And, and, and here's what Jesus told the people. He said, God did not say, I was the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, it was a grammatical thing. He said, I am the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible said, and the people stood around him and they were marvel. Uh, Here's the thing, and that's how we get into our text because there was a lawyer standing there. And he said unto him, uh, Master, uh, which is the greatest commandment of them all? The Bible says that Jesus immediately said that thou should love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus commanded us to love God and to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. The the first part of that, y'all, it seems easy. If, if you took a survey, everybody could say, I can love God. I, I don't have a problem. See, the problem comes in when God said you got to love your neighbor as yourself. See, when, when you think about this, uh, how can you love somebody that offends you? How can you love somebody that lies to you? How can you love someone that deceives you? How can you love someone that abuse you, that curse you? How can you, the, the Bible says that gives us the answer in the book of Matthews, Jesus said, you heard. It said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. He said, but I say unto you, love your enemy. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Bless them that curse you. He goes out and he closes it out and said, what have you done? If you love those that just love you, what is your reward? See, you got to understand that you got to love everybody. You got to love everybody. And I know it's hard. But see, when you want God to move in your life, when you want God to do the things that you want, you don't want nothing holding you back. You you don't want to have to say, Lord, I I know I don't love them the way you, no, no, I love everybody. What, What does it mean to love your neighbor? It means more than just saying I care about a person who who's li- who lives next door to me. It means caring about them socially, economically, politically, environmentally, uh, the person's co- uh, and personal uh, condition of all the people, regardless of their characteristic. It, it means what using whatever gift or whatever talents or privileges that you have to support them or to support others. Anything less. Anything less is hypocritical, and it's an insult to people to claim that I care about you. See, what, it, what does it mean to love your neighbor? You, you got to love your black, your brown, your Asian, your white. You got to love people in all religions. You got to love people that are not in any religion. It, it means to love your neighbor who's on drugs and those that are dealing with homelessness. You got to love 
everybody. You got to just make up in your mind that I'm going to love somebody. And, and some people would think, Reverend, it's, it's hard to love people. You don't know what it is to, to go and to, to no, you, a lot of times you don't have to do anything. Loving people means that you share in their joys and you share in their sorrows. See, the Bible says rejoice when with those that rejoice and mourn with those that mourn. See, sometimes, y'all, we all go through different things. We all have ups and we all have downs. But see, let me tell you something. When you want that blessing from God, when somebody's rejoicing, rejoice with them. You may not be uh, feeling the way that they feel when they get a new job or they got a raise or they got a new house. But what you do is you joy and you glory with them just as though that blessing had fell upon you. One of the things, the other thing that you got, got to do when you talk about forgiving people, you got to, uh, 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 or I'm sorry, when you talk about loving your neighbor as yourself, you got to start forgiving people. And I know it's hard. When you start talking about letting some things go that people has done to you, uh, there's a story that I've shared with the members of Gethsemane on countless occasions. There's a story that... Uh, this lady lost her daughter. Her daughter was ma- uh, murdered by a man. The man was caught and he was sent through the court system and, and sentenced to life in prison. The mother said, I still could not get over. I still couldn't just get past it. It weighed me down. She says one day she was walking around her house and the Lord laid on her heart to forgive the man that killed her daughter. And she said, initially, I said, no way. I cannot forget. He killed my daughter. She said after a while, the Lord lay, kept laying on her heart that she went to the prison and she requested to meet with him. And she told him face to face, she said, I forgive you. And he, then she hugged him. And she said when she walked out, it was like the burdens of life was lifted off her shoulder. See, you don't know what it'll do for you when you let some things go. But you got to let some things go for yourself. You got to take that burden off yourself. The Bible said that Jesus was asked the question, who is our neighbor? And Jesus answered in a, in a parable. He said, that there was a certain man that was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. The Bible said that they beat him and they robbed him and they left him for dead. See what happened. The Bible goes on to say that a priest passed by and he looked at him on the other side of the road and then he kept going. He said then a Levite came and he walked over and looked on him and went back and walked on. But a certain Samaritan and came by and the Bible said that he bandaged up his wounds that he put oil and wine on him and he put him up on his horse and he took him to the inn and, and the Bible said that he told the host of the inn he said if it cost you any more money when I come back through I will repay you and Jesus looked at the man and he said which one of the three was his neighbor he said the one that had mercy and compassion on him. And that's what we need to do. You got to learn to have mercy and compassion upon people. Y'all, we all go through. We all deal with ups and downs. We all deal with family members. But let me tell you, when you get into that word and you start studying the word of God, it turns your life around. 
The word of God says a new commandment have I given you that ye love one another, uh, one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, all men shall know that you are my disciples. If ye love one another, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Above all things, have fervent love among yourselves, for love shall cover a multitude of sins. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all uh, fear. Let me say something, is that one of the things that I do when I marry somebody, I tell them, you got to love each other. You got to truly, truly the way God intended for you to love. Because see y'all, we all go through. Sometimes the, the husband loses job. Sometimes the wife loses her job. Sometimes we get sickness in our body. Sometimes some things go on financially and you can't compare yourself to your wife or to your loved one. All you can do is love them. That's why the apostle Paul said love suffers long. Love is kind. Love envieth not. Vaulteth not itself up. It's not puffed up. It do not behave itself unseemly. It seeketh not our own. It's not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. It rejoices not in iniquity, but in the truth. It beareth all things. It believeth all things. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. You gotta love each other. The Bible said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life the bible said that jesus christ jesus christ was arrested in the garden of gethsemane that they whooped him all night long that they took him up to a hill called calvary they hung him high and stretched him wide he died he died until the sun refused to shine he died until darkness covered the earth but early sunday morning he got up with all power to save a wretch like you and a wretch like me. He'll do it. I, I'm talking to somebody this morning. And, and here's the thing. I know that we all go through. And if somebody sitting here this morning, you got that person in mind that why would that preacher get up and talk about love? And he know what's going on in my house. He, he know what's going on at the job. He know what's going on. But I'm here to tell you this morning that when you just make up your mind and you do it intentionally and on purpose, that I'm going to love. I don't care what they've done. Uh, it, it doesn't even matter after a while. It just burdens you down. It don't even matter what they've done. But I'm here to tell you, if you love, if you love, Others, like you love yourself, you'll see God moving in your life. You'll see him doing things that you want him to do, the desires of your heart. He'll not only bless you, he'll bless your children. He'll bless your children's children because of the things that you do. He said the greatest of these, the greatest commandment, is that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is like unto it, that you love your neighbor as yourself.